Welcome to Days Update for March 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Victorio. And yeah, we've got a busy show for you this week as we have uh, two big updates for two of the platforms out there. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got some uh, news of games being delayed here. A couple of big ones that people are hoping to see this year. We've got CD Projekt Red talking about their next game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got uh, an acquisition by PlayStation. Uh, a new subscription service happening for a game that's uh, that's been out for quite a while. Yeah, and we got an update on the Activision Blizzard ongoing shitstorm. We got a new mm-hmm. update for that, and uh, that's uh, largely it. Not a huge lineup of news, but we got plenty to talk about for this week. Mm. Uh, but before we do that, we'll be getting to what we've been playing. Uh, for me. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I have uh, played through the first three worlds of that game. And yeah, the the interesting thing with that game is as much as it might have seemed like that was going to be a big paradigm shift, putting Kirby in sort of a 3D platformer, it really isn't uh, for that. It is largely just a linear 3D platformer in the same vein that the uh, the last few games were linear 2D platformers, mm-hmm. essentially. You occasionally have some, some side points to go off and do uh, something else real quick, but nothing really uh, difficult or anything that makes it anything really all that much different than like the 3DS games there. So... Uh, Not really a huge surprise on that front, but what they do do here is uh, a lot of fun stuff uh, with Kirby here. So uh, this is a game where, you know, Kirby's transported to a new land. The, his like ability set is uh, largely the same as far as you can suck up the enemies that can give you powers to get powers. Uh, You do run into various types of objects that Kirby can uh, sort of, I don't know, try to suck up, but ends up just becoming what they call mouthful mode. That is just a means for him to control these objects and give them something uh, different to do, I guess, for a bit. You know, the, the, the first thing they do is put you on a car as you get to drive around a little bit. Uh, you get a boost, you get a jump out of it. Uh, there's uh, vending machines that let you like shoot the pop out of the front kind of thing, but mm-hmm. you do get to some points where they're more of a a puzzle mechanic, like a these lockers you can kind of suck onto and uh, pull it you know, down to reveal a hidden path or something like that. Uh, a lot of stuff like that. They do get to it does get a good bit of variety to the game, especially when they get to some points where maybe you're using those vehicles to do races and such. And mm-hmm. so you're trying to beat specific times to get all the rewards you want. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty fun game. And the bosses are uh, pretty well designed uh, for what they are because there is a, a main boss for each of the worlds and you'll run into probably a mini boss in each one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do... They do not have a wispy woods because it's in another 
another world, though they do have a substitute. Uh, this like palm tree, I guess, that has a soul patch. Mm-hmm. That is uh, a bit weird to see on a tree. Uh, but yeah, the, the the soundtrack is really well done. They do even let you change the controls a bit, so you can have uh, the main like attack buttons and all that uh, change up mm-hmm. on the face buttons, so they can be more like. You know, you would expect out of a normal platformer where the bottom button would be your jump, uh, your left button would be your uh, attack or suck up, whatever you want to do. And yeah, this uh, it's kind of a lot of that. Uh, but as you're going through, you're completing these objectives to free up uh, these Waddle Dees that go back to the town. As you hit certain milestones, new stuff gets added to your town to the point of, you know, places to redeem codes you can buy food to refill your health and you can stash an extra one to use in levels uh they got gotcha machines that you can buy a bunch of figurines from uh they're not from what i've seen so far with two being unlocked now they generally favor you get new uh capsules out of them uh without having to necessarily waste a ton of money uh but they do have plenty of repeats uh, but yeah, I got in the first volume basically everything but the ones that unlock as you do stuff for the the special Waddle Dees in the in the town. So yeah. there's that. Uh, there's an arena that you get. That you can start doing some combat focus challenges where Meta Knight shows up for the first time, I believe. So uh, yeah, in the cafe they do have the little mini game there, uh, which was in one of the directs or trailers or whatever. Uh, where basically, depending on the difficulty, you have Waddle coming up to you asking for food and uh, food or a drink. Uh, it's one of four items, and on the easiest difficulty, it's two of them. I think the middle, it's three, and then four for the the, the hardest one. And you're just trying to get them the item they want uh, as fast as possible and get as many Waddle served uh, as they get... Uh, through like a rush hour, lunch rush hour kind of thing. So it's almost like a a less in-depth version of like cook, serve, delicious kind of thing. But mm. yeah, that's a a pretty fun, pretty fun whole package there. I'm looking forward to put some more time into it. Uh, but yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot. Maybe the only real knocks I have is some of the reward stuff is kind of just weird. Uh, so the amiibo supports you can pretty much use any amiibo uh, with the game if you have you know proper controllers for doing that stuff. Uh, since I'm using my Hori Split Pad Pros, they do not support yeah. it through that, so I have to hook up my Joy Cons to make sure they're in there if I'm going to use them. But you don't really get much out of them from what I've seen. Cool. It's like maybe a hundred coins in an item of some sort, but it's nothing really uh, substantial. It's That's basically like less than what you would get during one playthrough of a stage. You'd probably get at least a few hundred coins in a stage. Uh, oh. So it's not really all that substantial. What is substantial is the codes that they've been giving out there. Uh, you get two for beating the demo uh, and doing everything in it, and then you get... Uh, uh, there's there's a list out there on the the Kirby Wiki and other places of various things that you could find if you wanted to search for them. But 
uh, they by the end I had something like five thousand coins and uh, a bunch of extra uh, of the uh, whatever it is the currency used for upgrading your weapons. Which yeah, that's a that's another big thing that's kind of uh, something similar to maybe what they did in Kirby sixty four, where that whole game's uh, gimmick was that you could combine powers. In a sense, but if you combine two of the same powers, you get like an ultra version of that power. And that's kind of what this is, but you find blueprints and stages that you can then take back and purchase the upgrade that would then make that the defaults. But you can, if you for whatever reason don't like the upgraded version of the weapon, you can go back and uh, fix that to give you the, the base version if you want. But yeah, it's... And it seems like some of the the weird thing is some of the the weapon designs are very monster hunter ish, and the way they show up the the sword is very uh, Link style uh, that outfit in the base form, but in the big form it's kind of like a great sword in a monster hunter game, uh, complete with like a big hat that's just like that. So I think the the gun outfit is very much turns into kind of some sort of like dual wielding. Monster Hunter kind of set up as a couple of weird things like that. But yeah, it's it's a very good package. I'm looking forward to putting some more time into that. Uh, so that is Kirby and the Forgotten Land on the Switch out now. Uh, let's see, been playing some more Tunic. Been enjoying that. I finally got over the, the hump that is just beating that first boss uh, mm. and ringing that second bell to kind of open up the the next chunk of the world. Uh, which happened because I started actually paying attention more to the instruction booklet and figuring out that there is a means of upgrading your stats that can make you know combat a little bit easier. That isn't a very obvious thing that you can do without looking at that uh, uh, the pages and figuring out that that's what it's you know telling you you can do. Uh, they're also other things that show up in there that I'm like, oh, this, this is a weird thing. Uh, it takes me to some other place. I don't know what to describe it as. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been seeing certain like golden pads around that is like, a, oh, oh, this, I figured out what this reason for this thing to exist is. I figured it was just a, a place to warp around the map, but it does something else entirely. Uh, so that's kind of a neat whole thing. But yeah, after being that, I'm kind of going around uh, trying to figure out what the next thing is. Uh, I've been to a couple of areas that I don't think I'm supposed to be at yet, but uh, still working on it. So enjoying that, but got some more time to spend with Tunic. Uh, let's see here. Also been playing more Rocket League. Finished up the challenges for this week. Uh, still continuing to have fun with that. Uh also been playing some more Fortnite. Still working on that as well. Uh, let's see. And the last one here is Treasure Hunter Simulator. I got this out of the Humble Bundle Ukraine bundle there. The mm-hmm. uh, One of the games where basically the entire conceit is that you are, uh, I guess, uh, your uncle, I think, has passed away, who is like a decorated treasure hunter, I guess. Mm-hmm. And part of the will needs you to like demonstrate your dedication to 
the craft of treasure hunting. And by treasure hunting, I mean you're going around with uh, metal detectors in these various areas that you're asked to go to, uh, you know, using them to use, you know, figure out there's maybe some something in the ground nearby. Sometimes it's trash, you know, nails or pop caps, that kind of stuff. Uh, but you do find some other stuff that you can sell uh, for some money, which you can use to potentially buy better uh, metal detectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that as you go, but you're also getting some jobs like, oh, yeah, I need you to take a picture of these flowers in this area. I need mm-hmm. you to go to this specific area and find uh, this item that we believe is buried around here. Uh, others are just like, I oh, just go find like five pieces of treasure in this area kind of thing. Nothing really too complicated. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty nice and chill for the sort of game that it is. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been to, I think I've been to four areas now. Most of them are in Europe. So a lot of the stuff you find is either like, oh, this dates back to like medieval times, or this is from World War One and Two. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff, like bullet casings or uh, hats that they would wear in battle, that kind of stuff. Uh, the one place they have in uh, the U.S. is set in Gettysburg. This whole thing, so I've found like a, you know, one of the musket balls kind of thing. Like a destroyed like cannonball that they would use there, like stuff like that. That they're like, oh, this it's back to like the Civil War or something. I don't know. Uh but yeah, it's it's neat. It's nothing really too complicated uh for what it is. Uh but it's a nice little chill game to play and explore these areas. So that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Yeah, uh well, I've also been playing a Still been playing um, um, Elven Ring, and in fact, I finished my uh, review of it on Smashpad. You can read it on Smashpad. Uh, it was published a couple hours ago. Um, I ended up giving it a perfect five out of five. <laughs> um, and you know, the game obviously is itself not perfect. It has some little issues here and there, but its virtues are so fantastic that they pretty much overshadow any minor quibble I may have with the game. Um, but as far as the actual game goes, I have I'm at, at the point now where um, I can I've got so like I'm doing multiple things at once. I went and I killed General Radon, who's like one of the most infamous difficult bosses in the game. He is actually an optional boss, technically, but if you kill him, you get a crap ton of runes, like seven, like 70,000 runes. Um, and his boss fight is also just a lot of fun, in spite of how difficult it is, because um, in his fight, you get to take part in something that's called the Radon Festival, which is when a bunch of the uh, warrior NPCs that, that you met over the game, like Blade and Alexander, the Pot Warrior, guys like that, um, they all meet you at this little place in what was formerly Radon's castle. And uh, 
you all get together and you, you get into a little portal and you end up going to the sort of desert battlefield area where Radon is basically trapped. Um, and there are these little summon sigils that are all, all over the map when you first get there. Um, and you can literally summon all, you know, because like in the game, much like past, um, they have the mechanic where you can help like summon a met at this point, and there's like seven or eight of them. And you can summon all all of them at once, and they will all go, and they will you fight General Radon. And they're really strong, too. Um, they can knock a good quarter off of his health bar before he kills all of them. Um, and even if he does kill all of them, you if you're around long enough, you usually revive all of them back to full health um, by summoning them again. And yeah, after you end up killing him, it actually changes the game's map because Radon was called the the Star Scourge because he's basically was the guy who was responsible for holding stars in place in the sky. And after you kill him, the stars obviously aren't in place anymore. They start acting like shooting stars, like flying across the sky. And one of them ends up falling down into the south of Limgrave, where you start the game, and it opens up an entirely new area in the game that you can be, that you could get into. Um, literally an entirely, like, new level that if you just followed the regular path of the game, you might never get to. Um, but basically I'm doing, a, like, a bunch of things now. Um, I'm doing, uh, on the one hand, I'm trying to get through what's called, uh, Volcano Manor, which is this uh, enormous castle built in this place called Mount Gelmer, which is like a volcano region. And I'm going up against this mini boss at the moment. Um, uh, I forgot what he's called, but he he's basically like a fat guy dressed in a fat suit made out of other fat people. Like literally, he has an apron that has like faces on it, and like he has a thing on his back that's like draped over his his back, and you can still see, like, the hair and stuff on it. And he has, like, a rapier as his uh, weapon, so in spite of how big and fat he is, he's surprisingly extremely nimble. Um, and at the same time, I'm also trying to fight in that new area I talked about, which is called the Eternal City. Uh, this boss called the um, Valiant Gargoyles, which are literally these two, these uh, it's literally two enormous gargoyles. One of them has, like, a sword and a battle axe, and the other has, like, a twin blade and a smaller hand axe. And, and you only fight the first one until you get him down to, like, halfway through his health, and then the second one shows up. Um, in preparation, I had to do a bunch of stuff. I had to go hunt for some new uh, combat ashes, uh, specifically the one that's generally considered the best, which is the... Uh, what's called the um, the Mimic Tear, which is literally, it's an ash that summons a spirit that basically mimics what you, mimics you, the player, and whatever equipment you've got on at that particular moment. Um, definitely a lot of help, I'll say that. But, um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I've been playing. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, last night I finally finished... Um... 
Horizon from the West. I'm playing this for about a month. Before I got to the, you know, point of no return at the end, I went ahead and cleaned up all the trophies. And I don't, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but um, a, a few of the last trophies I did were um, connected to uh, types of side quests I just either didn't have an interest in or it seemed like they took they take too much time. So um, mm. uh, one of them uh, had to do with like these little mini dungeons that they call uh, uh, runes. And like basically you have to do like, you know, small sets of puzzles and then get to an item in the end. And it's funny because like it kind of had that um, that Breath of the Wild feel where like there's there's a way that the developers wanted you to like figure out how to get, you know, get to the end. Uh, versus, like, you know, mm. what you want to do in the game in order to actually get there through an alternative means. And I don't know if what I did was, you know, what was intended or just because, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten used to the, way the, to the way the game's physics work. But, you know, I just, like, got spammy with the jump and, like, tried to make all these diagonal uh, parkour moves that you typically wouldn't do in the game. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, they worked. So, yeah, I just go ahead and got those items, popped the trophy there, and um, that would, like got done with that. And then another one that um, I skipped on purpose because they seem to... They have these uh, parts in the game called melee pits and you find them in pretty much every big town in the game. And melee pits are really just tutorials to show off the new um, melee combat in the game. Um, which is actually like uh, something that's been a huge feature for it. Um, and in my opinion, the, 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 the melee really isn't all that great. But once you get a hand of the combos... You could really understand, like you know, why they are, um, why they really make the game feel sort of new. But at the end of the day, like Horizon to me is, has always been about finding like the best weapons and then using them in the right way in order to uh, tear down all the machines you see possible. So um, I pretty much just use melee uh, pretty sparingly and only use them on on, on small enemies. But like any anyway, like getting back on topic to what these melee. Uh, pits are um you basically have to do what they show on the screen so it's like okay uh make sure that you used uh, two weak attacks followed by a strong attack in order to link that combo and then as you get into the later melee pits you have to um you have to do them in succession and they weren't explained in the best way like the way i read it was like okay r1 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 r2 r1 again and then basically um it got confusing to the point where sometimes it, it, it would say pause, similar to the way like a certain fighting game combos work. And you know, I'm not much of a fighting game, uh, fighting gamer anymore, just because like the the timing really hasn't worked uh, for me like as of late. And um, I pretty much just found my found my way through button mashing uh, through these um, through these commands, and I ended up doing it anyway. So um, it was interesting. Uh, not my favorite trophies to get, but. At the end of the day, I finished the game, got the platinum, and yeah, um, it was definitely a fantastic experience. Um, I'm, I'm not going to like delve too far into the story. Uh, Alex actually just published his review uh, a couple hours ago, uh, just uh, right before Brandon got his um, Elden Ring review in. Yep, and, like 22 um, minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, so basically, let's just say, if you thought Horizon was about, like, you know, just... Uh, United States in in the future in a post-apocalyptic world, it goes somewhat batshit, like maybe 50% through the game, because all of a sudden 
you know, we're we're dealing with things that I even I didn't see myself like going through at the end here. And um, without spoiling too much, the ending was uh, sort of dismaying just because it's it's one of those games where, you know, you spend all this time killing these crazy big machines. And then all of a sudden you get to a final boss battle where you do fight an insane machine, but like it's, it's not big and it was not hard at all. Like, I had, like, more trouble getting some of these trophies than, than I did fighting the final boss. So, like, that was a bit disappointing to me. Um, but what I do like about the game is that the the characters of the story, uh, the stories of the characters you meet uh, definitely matter a whole lot more. Um, this game is really about Aloy realizing that she's not a lone wolf and she's not going to be able to get to where she wants to be unless she starts to rely on her, on her, on her teammates. So... That was uh, essentially what, what the first game was about, and the second game was just about, you know, being able to utilize her teammates and work as a team in order to, like, really uh, set forth their goals. And, yeah, like, again, like, without saying much, where this is, this game is going to be a trilogy, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where Gorilla takes, take, takes it from here. Um, but, yeah, like, this game is better than Horizon Zero Dawn in every category except for Polish. And, yeah, I've, I've already talked about, like, the bugs that really... Um, made the experience worse like over the past couple of weeks and that's really my own complaint so uh, i'm looking forward to whatever gorilla has next i don't know whether that'll be dlc or whether they want to make you know a third game in the near future but you know aloy is at the point where she's sort of a mascot for playstation now so you don't want to see one too soon but at the same time it's like with these kinds of um sony temple games you know whether it be this or you know the last of us or uncharted or even spider-man um, I never found myself wanting to play the game's DLCs right away. So um, I'm hoping that if that's the plan, that comes sooner than later. And then we wait for the next game um, more years down the line. Um, you know, uh, Alex said that the game was um, running fine on PS4, and he has a regular PS4, not a PS4 Pro. So I don't know what kind of uh, fan issues he dealt with, but on PS5, the game ran like a dream, aside from those bugs. So. Um, yeah, this is definitely a title that you want to get. Um, I don't know if you want to get it right away, just because, you know, Elden Ring obviously is dominating the charts the way, it's, the way like, you know, everyone hoped. But, yeah, uh, Horizon's also a good game, but I also see Sony uh, discounting it pretty significantly, uh, you know, um, maybe, maybe before this fall. So uh, that's that. Um, I also picked up Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um mm. I've been looking forward to this game ever since they showed it late last year. And yeah, um, like Chris said at the beginning, um, it's not really the big step forward that we were thinking it would be. But from what yeah. I've played so far, it's definitely shaping up to be the best Kirby game I've played. Um, prior to this, the only Kirby game I've cared to beat was Kirby 64 Crystal Shards, as well as uh, Kirby... Um, the, 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 the Robobot, whatever, it was, it was on 3DS. Those are the only ones that, that I've actually finished, and those are uh, both solid games, but also on the easy side. And this one is easy, too, but at the very beginning, you have the option of playing in, like, wild mode or an even easier mode. And it was interesting, because uh, before I even uh, played it myself, I went ahead and uh, let my girlfriend play. And this is one of, these, this is one of those games where, as easy... Or, or as simple as it is, it's pretty much impossible to play it like without a <clears throat> without a smile on your face. Like normally, when I'm playing a game, I'm like, you know, zoned in. But this game has a whole lot of charm. So whether it's you know sucking up enemies and uh, taking up their powers, or like you know 
Kirby becoming these uh, inanimate objects, like the car, or even like he can even be a a vending machine. It's funny seeing Kirby's eyes animate in such a way, like oh yeah, he's a really pissed off car or vending machine, or even a traffic cone. So it's really uh, really cool seeing all these abilities. Again, like nothing extremely challenging. Like I've only died, or I've never actually died. Like when you fall off the stage, you just respawn where you were. So that's that's not that big a deal. Um, but yeah, like it's it's, it's definitely fun. Uh, the, the the level design is pretty awesome, and I haven't gotten. I mean, I haven't really even scratched the surface yet. I'm on like level three, which is like the mall. And what I'm finding interesting about the mall is that even though the game is mostly linear, the mall has a whole bunch of rooms and. Um, I actually stopped that game in the middle uh, just 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 to get get on, get on the podcast. So I haven't been that level yet, but so far that one's definitely been been interesting. So looking forward to uh, popping in and playing a little more. Um, I saw that it has cooperative multiplayer, which I didn't know uh, before turning it on. So hopefully I get to uh, try some of that before the night's over. But yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news here. Yeah. Uh, we got two updates here for Nintendo and PlayStation. Nintendo is up first. They have released, mm-hmm. I think, system firmware update 14.0.0 that mm-hmm. adds a thing people have been wanting for years. Folders. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah, though they're not the folders that people wanted. Because uh, uh-huh. you can't have essentially all of your games on your home screen. Uh, they are hidden away in the the software library screen. Uh, so you have to go to that and then hit uh, the L button to go to the group screen where you can make your folders that way. Uh, but yeah, it seems like the yep. the one thing for people that like to make like groups of genres and all sorts of weird stuff, they can put games in multiple different groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do make it a little bit easier in that when you're sorting through your games to put in a group, you can uh, tell it to show you, oh, games that are not in a group yet. So if you're just putting one in a group at mm-hmm. a time, uh, you can do that a little bit more easily, that kind of stuff. So, uh, But you do have to sort them within a group by hand. So if you're going alphabetically or whatever sort of arrangement you want, uh, that is the uh, the way that that has to be done. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty nifty tool that you know you wonder why Nintendo didn't just have at on the onset, but at the same time, you know, like looking at all three dashboards, you know, between the Xbox, PS5, and Switch, um, nobody seemingly has gotten it completely right yet. Um, and as much as like you know we we, we want to rag on Nintendo for like having this folder function not even really be a folder function because like you said, in order to get there, you have to go on your home screen, scroll all the way to the right. And then look at your games through grid mode, which is actually pretty cool because in grid mode you'll be able to see like pretty much everything you see there without scrolling too much unless you have like an onslaught of games. And yeah, yeah it's not really a folder system. It's really a, a custom filter. Um, so what I did with mine was I organized mine by multiplayer games, single player games, and games that I haven't beaten yet. Um, so you know, like that that's the way I like to do it. But yeah, like you said those folders aren't visible from the home screen at the, on the onset. You have to scroll all to the right to the right to see them in gallery mode. And, you know, you wish it was in, in such a way where you can actually just see it there when you uh, turn the switch on. Because, like, I think that's the way um, PlayStation has theirs. But at the same time, PlayStation doesn't even have, like, uh, the gallery mode in the best way either. Like, their gallery mode is, like, uh, tucked into another folder on the right side. And 
it makes me wish it was a little bit more like Microsoft's in that matter because you can you're you're able to see most of what you have in your um games tab. But the problem with Microsoft is that you have to tab your way over there. So yeah, again, like no no company has to ha- has done this right. The closest is probably Steam with their with their uh, sidebar list, but even then, that's that's a little bit of a mess because aside from reading it, there's no real visual cue as to what game that is. So you know, I'm 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 not a UI expert, but you know, all three of these work in their own certain way, but nobody's protected it. Yeah, uh, for me, I want the folders on the home screen to not have to ever go to that library view because then it would serve no purpose at that point. But having to go to the library and then to the essentially like the the back screen, essentially it feels like to get the groups, uh, it just adds a little too much work for something like that. Whereas I would, I would like to be able to pin them to the screen, the home screen or uh, barring that pin just individual games to the home screen so that they don't scroll off after you do other stuff. Because if you have a bunch of games that need to update, uh, they all just appear on the home screen and push everything off, you know, one spot for each game that needs an update. So occasionally I just go through my library and just check for updates for the sort of games that would get updates. And if it's enough of them, uh, there goes all the games I was playing. And then I have to go back to the library to pull them out again, essentially. So that kind of, this is kind of a solution that doesn't do anything for me. Uh, So that is disappointing. So I ended up putting all of my games into folders and then like, okay, now I don't have to ever touch this again. Kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, Cause I probably won't even go back and update them when new things are there, but yeah, uh, that is the, the big update for the switch. Uh, let's go over to PlayStation uh, for the PS five and PS four. Uh, they finally put out that update. That's been in beta for a little while now. That uh, adds a bunch of stuff. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, they fixed up the party chat stuff. So now you can have open and closed parties. Unless I have to uh, worry about inviting people in uh, with to get people in, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, but they do have some more stuff here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they improved the, the game base for all your... Uh, friends list and party stuff. So now that there's sort of three tabs in there, friends, parties, and messages. So you can manage that stuff a little bit more easily. Mm. Uh, They did do some things. So in the library, you can filter by genre if you want to. Uh, The big stuff here is that you can now uh, pin five games to your home screen so they won't scroll off if you start other games. So if you have Mm. a handful of games that you want to keep access to uh, and keep it on that home screen. Uh, That's a a good way to do it. They've also increased the number of games that show up there, games and apps uh, to 14, which I think involves an increase to uh, having a PS plus tab on there. So I think the first couple that are on there are a PS plus tab, I think a store and then news feed uh, on the PS five for that. Uh, but let's see. Yeah, the they've also done a bit of an overhaul to the trophies, uh, yeah. the trophy uh, visual design for the trophy cards and all that. Uh, so when you hit the home button or the PlayStation button to 
bring up that row of trophies. It puts the trophy tracker right at the front. Unless it's a multiplayer game, I think the party thing still shows up at the front. Uh, but it just gives you faster access to the whole trophy list if you want it. Hmm. As well as being able to track stuff, track the trophies you want to work on and that kind of stuff. Uh, so fleshes that out a bit more. And there's just more accessibility options. Uh, screen reader languages, mono audio for headphones. Mm. Uh, and yeah, the voice command stuff is going into open beta essentially with this launch. Uh, and yeah, they mentioned that there are improvements for PlayStation Remote Play on the mobile app. That's how there's dark mode on that app, as well as new screen reader languages for that stuff as well. And yeah, they also mentioned that any future updates later this year. Uh, they are mm-hmm. going to be adding variable refresh rate support for the PS5, which is something that Xbox has had for a little while mm-hmm. now. Uh, that's uh, good to see. So if you got a TV or a monitor that supports you know frame rates higher than 60, uh, you can have games uh, run at that stuff as well as uh, even just run at 60 more consistently uh, than maybe the game's are able to do at the at their default, you know, like Elden yeah. Ring, that kind of stuff. Uh, so there you go, some good stuff there, and good stuff for the Horizon. Yeah, um, when I was uh, browsing my um, Horizon trophy list uh, in an attempt to platinum the game, I noticed a lot of these new multitask features, and I went ahead and tried them. And then at the end of the day, I ended up getting just um, <clears throat> overwhelmed by everything on the screen and not knowing how to exit out of them, and like. It made me wish there was sort of a you know mouse and keyboard feature, but it you know I wasn't actually going to use it. So I guess they're cool for you know whatever it is you want to multitask with. But when I multitask, it's pretty it pretty much means my laptop is on my lap while I watch my TV. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, so Epic has done a cool thing where they have said that any money they get in through Fortnite from like March 20th through April 3rd. They are going to donate, uh, I think, all of the proceeds from real money purchases made in Fortnite. So people buying V-Bucks and that kind of stuff uh, oh. will be going towards this. And as a result, uh, they have raised over $70 million to go towards this. Hmm. Uh, which is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, uh, for that, a lot. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, out of any like monetary donation, like we we say it's a big deal when a company gives like you know upwards of three million dollars and even like a million dollars. But yeah, seventy million is totally how powerful. Like not to discount it, but like I, I want to say a lot of it is uh, no building, but it's also a good move. Because- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they've said, let's see, that money will be going towards a few different organizations. There's Direct Relief, United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, United Nations Children Fund, and the World Food Program. Uh, so there'll be yeah, a handful of, pet of organizations getting that money, so that'll be great to see. Uh, but yeah, that is it for, uh, I think, the Ukraine stuff. There's still kind of... Some random bundles here and there have been happening, and that's and devs donating some money here and there uh, for that. But yeah, $70 million is uh, a big deal for that stuff. 
Uh, but let's see. Let's get to some dates here. Uh, Soldiers is a game that I have been looking at here for a little bit. It is a Metroid uh, mm-hmm. kind of game, but with some Souls elements to it. Uh, that's coming out May 19th. It's on pretty much everything. Uh, PlayStation, mm-hmm. Xbox, Switch, and PC. Uh, that'll be an interesting looking game. They've got a demo out now on Steam if you want to check it out. Mm. Uh, so there's uh, a way to get a little bit of a hands-on on that. I'll probably be checking out that tonight. I know absolutely nothing about Soldiers. Is the only thing yeah. out that um, that anime trailer, or is there actual gameplay being shown? Uh, I believe that has some gameplay as well. Uh, definitely look at that Steam page, and they've got a couple trailers on there if you want to see it. But yeah, there's also that demo on Steam as well. So oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is a uh, soldier's looking neat. Has a very mm-hmm. nice look to it. From what their screenshots are showing here. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that. Let's get to the next thing here. Uh, Nintendo, who had a big mobile initiative a few years ago, that mm-hmm. seems to have died down quite a bit. And yeah, their one of their bigger games, Stragalia Lost. Uh, is said to be getting its final content updates here in July. And then at some point after that, it'll be shutting down. Mm. Uh, they're going to be getting, yeah, their last update is going to add part two of chapter 26 of their campaign, uh, the final and climactic addition to its long running story. And yeah, they say after the main campaign is concluded, service for the game itself will come to a close at a later date. For the details on the end of service schedule, we provide it in a future notification, uh, which is a interesting thing to do. They just say they're adding their final set of new adventurers in, mm-hmm. let's see, March 31st, so later this week. Uh, yeah. I don't get any other new content updates outside of that campaign update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it makes you wonder why Nintendo even announced a final content update and then announce that they're going to shut down. Like, I, I don't know what the point is to do that. Uh, granted, I've never played this game, so I don't know, like, what kind of game it is. I'm going to imagine it makes most of its money out of gotcha mechanics like most mobile games do these days. But, yeah, like, like you mentioned before, like, Nintendo's foray into mobile has been spotty at best. I've played pretty much every game but this one. Um, uh, Mario Kart appears to still be going strong. Uh... Fire Emblem still exists, and the Animal Crossing game still exists. In fact, I even got a press release uh, email from Animal Crossing saying that one of the things that you used to pay for is going to be free now. So I don't know if that means they're going to be sunsetting it in the future, but um, I do know that a lot of people are still on that game, and it just makes me wonder, because obviously it's weird, because mobile games make a whole lot of money, and they honestly don't take that much of a uh, of a development uh uh, they don't take that much development time. Like that's why they're that, that, that that's why they're so flexible because they can go ahead and just create things just based on how good their live ops team is. I mean, look at Fortnite. Like part of the reason why Fortnite's still going strong is because they're continuously adding new content every week. They actually stay on their roadmap. And I mean, I don't know about well, what goes on like in 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 the epic uh, epic building, but you know, in order to get all that stuff done, that's a whole lot of contracts and that's a whole lot of people working not really 24 seven, but like, you know, pushing their asset bundles like every day and just making them work. So Epic has definitely been great there, but yeah, going back to Nintendo, it just makes you wonder whether they even have the, 
the manpower or like studio infrastructure to be able to you know work on a live ops game the way they're supposed to so again i don't i I don't know if Tregalia lost is even like that kind of uh, game that requires like a whole lot of live ops or if it's more along the lines of something like that game that um yoko taro uh developed with with, with square enix for mobile a few months back but yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's just weird and then again you know who knows if nintendo e was even really going to take this seriously because the switch is still yeah it's uh from what i've seen here it looks like an action rpg uh, of sorts you know taking parties through these areas fighting enemies all that kind of stuff uh but you have like a home base that you build up and put stuff on i guess to give you more resources or whatever to upgrade i don't know i haven't i downloaded it once and then never started it uh, so that was yeah, the extent of my experience with that game uh but it looks like you also got dragons that you can have fight with you hence the name but yeah it's seems like a very kind of one of those uh anime games on the mobile stores which there's a billion of those yeah, it's not like mm. one of those autoplay games where you just, you know, set up once, put your phone there, and let it go ahead and spam for resources overnight. So, I'm not sure. Yeah, it seems like sort of game that's, if it falls by the wayside on the charts or whatever, uh, they would decide to pull the plug, and that's why you announce, you know, oh, we're going to put out the last uh, bit of the the campaign here and wrap it up. We're not getting paid anymore to make more content for that. For that. So, yeah, that's kind of the the whole thing there. But yeah, that's uh, uh, curious to see how long their whole uh, it'll be taken down at a later date. Mm-hmm. See how long that's going to be. Uh, maybe it'll be by the end of the year or something like that. So if you do want to play it, uh, you can get some time in there. Maybe we'll turn off some of the uh, the pay mongering stuff. Mm. Uh, once your money, but yeah, we'll have to see. But yeah. I think what they got left is like what Animal Crossing and Mario Kart. Mm. Is that basically what they got left? Yep. Yeah, pretty much. And like those games are good for what they do. I mean, you have Animal Crossing pretty much as a you know fifteen minute a day time waster, while Mario Kart has autoplay races, and at the same time, Nintendo has been putting those tracks into their DLC. So they all they all work. Mm. They're making people pay for Mario Kart one way or the other. Yep. Either you pay for it in the app or you pay for it in the, the Switch version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, got a couple of big uh, big uh, delays here coming to some games. EA Sports PGA Tour. We were supposed to be expecting it sometime here in the spring. And we've heard nothing. Mm-hmm. So EA finally announced that, yeah, we're going to be delaying it to spring of 2023. Uh, so it seems like they've need a, a good bit more time on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which hopefully they, you know, do because we've seen what happens when they don't. When you got like Battlefield out here completely misjudging what that audience wants. Yeah, you know, Anthem, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't be affording to rush all of these games, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're here with the debut of the return of, you know, EA Sports doing golf. Mm-hmm. You can't necessarily just screw around with that and expect there to be a huge audience, because uh, otherwise you got 2K with their thing. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That'll be happening, hopefully, next spring. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll see some of that later this year to see how it's going. 
Uh, but yeah, let's see. The other game that was delayed is Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League. Mm. Uh, while Gotham Knights seems to be progressing enough to get an October release date. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director for the game announced on Twitter saying, we've made the difficult decision to, to delay Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League to spring 2023. I know delay is mm. frustrating, but that time is going to make going into making the best game we can. Look forward to bringing the chaos to Metropolis together. Thank you for the patience. Mm. But yeah, they've got a, a lot of work ahead of them. Because yeah. Rocksteady is a studio that has not put out a big game in since maybe 2015. Yeah, uh, they did have the the VR Batman game. Yeah, that was about it. But they had, had um, you know, Arkham Knight came out, and then that was it. Yeah, that one had a very rocky PC launch. Mm, notoriously rocky. Yeah. Yeah, and for, for what it's worth, like, I didn't even think Arkham Knight um, It's just that, you know, they were coming off Arkham Origins. was also solid, but was pretty much, I mean, pretty much a, a reskinned Arkham City, and Arkham City was their pinnacle. Um, but yeah, like, for the, everything that I've seen from Gotham Knights looks pretty awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to its release this October. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as the, the Suicide Squad game goes... Um, for, well, I do want to say that I am a huge fan of Suicide Squad, even though um, both movies are on the are like badish. I still like enjoyed them, and I still think it uh, lends itself well to um, a video game adaptation in some way or some form. But obviously, Gotham Knights should be uh, the focus right now, just because like you know we're we're looking at a at a release on, on a sooner timeline. Um, but aside from that, it's always <clears throat> Suicide Squad always played sort of second fiddle to Gotham Knights. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, most core gamers would assume that this game was going to come later, and we haven't even really seen much as far as gameplay or what to expect from that game. And, you know, knowing how games like uh, The Avengers uh, ended up, like, Rocksteady probably just wants to, like, you know, go ahead and give uh, um, Gotham Knights some room to breathe, uh, hoping that it's good. So, yeah, um, I'm sure that hopefully... uh, We'll we'll see this like sometime you know late next year, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just hope that they give both time both games enough uh, development time because they 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 could be good. We don't know. And again, Rocksteady hasn't released a game in a while. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Arkham Origins was not Rocksteady. That was uh, WB Montreal, I think, mm-hmm. the team that's making Gotham Knights. I stand corrected. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so they're the ones that did that. So that was. A good bit of delay just from Arkham City to Arkham Knight for them. So definitely good that they're getting the time to uh, nail this down. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that gets put to good use. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see that uh, as well in spring 2023. Mm. Uh, So there you go. There's that. Uh, But yeah, a little bit of a, a right turn here in the wake of finally starting to get Cyberpunk 2077 right. Yeah. Uh, CD Projekt Red announced that they are working on a new Witcher game and teased mm-hmm. it and said uh, it will be made in Unreal Engine 5. They'll be moving on yeah. from their Red Engine that they've been using for all their previous games. Yeah. Maybe for good reason. Uh, but they also had yeah. to... Because uh, Cyberpunk 2077 showed that the Red Engine was reaching its limits. 
Yeah, and they had to go back and be like, yeah, no, we're not abandoning Cyberpunk 2077. They're still working on the expansion for that. Uh, they're yep. not doing any sort of late project over, like pushing it over to Unreal Engine 5 or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're still going to be working on the engine for a little while longer still. Yeah, uh, But for the new game, they are uh, talking about it being a new game and also it seems to be a new saga because the yeah. sort of medallion they Completely show new story. Is, not, is not a wolf, it's a lynx. No, it's a lynx, yeah. And, and the link, the school of the lynx is actually something that has the books or the games up until this point, so... Yeah, I think I saw that people are so desperate to find out that they were accidentally reading fan fiction <laughs> about the the links, which is like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Don't have to do everything that way, but yeah, I assume it'll be focused on some some new characters, new part of the world, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems very much like they are in the early parts of that yeah. uh, pre-production and all that. Though the director for it has been making some talk about there being no crunch on this game. Yeah. I mean, they said that before. Yeah, I mean, they said that before Cyberpunk, and uh, yeah, yeah, they still ended up crunching. Yeah, but if the director can make that a big priority, then that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, we'll have to See how that goes when they actually get the game out. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, I I really wouldn't quantify this as news just because, you know, CD Projekt Red's best or, you know, most known IP is The Witcher. So, of course, they're going to make a Witcher game. Uh, I guess the new yeah. year is at Unreal Engine 5 and then the whole, like, no crunch thing. Um, it is a little bit weird. The timing is kind of weird because, like, you know, uh, it was it was made at the beginning of GDC and typically GDC does, is not big on announcements just because it's more of a as it's called, a game developers conference, but um, there were not a whole lot of, uh, there was not a whole lot of AAA exposure there just because a lot of the companies are still on their uh, COVID protocols and whatnot. And like, I was sort of like regretting not being there, but some of my peers told me that most of the booths at GDC were all NFT related. So didn't miss much there. Yeah. And it seems like uh, COVID has been a big part of that as Mm -hmm. people uh, managed to find out they tested positive for COVID and still went to hang out at social events to get hard. other people uh, sick with it, which is like, that's fucked up. Yeah, in, in mm. San Francisco, no less, where they actually take it seriously. So that, that that's, that's, uh, yep. that's unfortunate. Yeah, some people did take it seriously, but just enough that uh, I think even people that were at the uh, the award show we're also testing positive where nobody was wearing masks. So mm-hmm. it was assumed that everybody would be safe there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's it's not to, like, defend the organizers or whatever, but you did have to um, be triple jabbed as well as uh, masked at, you know, the grounds of GDC. As for the social events after, you know, that's totally up to the venue organizer. But I know that for, mm-hmm. for the Moscone, um, those were the rules there, so. I don't know. Yeah, tough to see. Obviously, G to C attracts a bunch of um, people nation—not even nationwide, but worldwide. So, um, mm-hmm. San Francisco is still a, a pretty big melting pot there. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, people are going to be okay as a result. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but people like to know up front uh, that uh, they are potentially going to get directly exposed to people that have tested positive. Because, uh, you know, not everybody is able to get the the vaccines or they have family at home that aren't able to or you know, immunocompromised or whatever. Mm-hmm. They'd probably like to know if anybody around is uh, potentially sick so they can avoid going to those places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the bigger story than any little bit of news that GDC is. Yeah, they're assholes there. And there are people that want them named so that people yep. can, you know, take proper caution if they were around them, which is how it should be done. Yep. Now, you don't have to be embarrassed by getting COVID or anything. You just need to mm-hmm. let everybody know so they can take the proper precautions and not put their friends or family at at risk. Yes, your your COVID status should not be a secret. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, some people are a little too selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's get to some other news here. Uh, Ilphonic has announced a new game that they are making a Ghostbusters game. Ghostbusters Spirit Un- Spirits Unleashed, a 4v1 mm-hmm. shooter. Sort of mm. in the vein of stuff they've made in the past with the Predator game. Yep. Uh, and I think they also worked on the Friday the 13th game as well. And this is sort of a perfect fit net since there are four Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they mentioned that uh, the trailer is actually pretty good. Uh, features mm-hmm. like Ernie Hudson and uh, Dan Aykroyd in there doing some voices. Like you go to, uh, I guess Dan Aykroyd's character Ray is uh, running in a cult bookstore, mm-hmm. as Dan Aykroyd himself does uh, in real life. Uh, so mm. yeah, it looks like you're basically going through sucking up ghosts, capturing them. Uh, they'll have one person playing like the head ghost, I guess. Uh, so I assume you're able to do. Uh, some setup of sorts, getting ghosts going around doing stuff. Uh, I don't know, but uh, that's uh, a pretty neat looking thing. Looks like it's going to be on uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and on PC. It'll mm-hmm. be an Epic Epic Store exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure when it's going to be out, but yeah, they're saying sometime in Q4 later this year. Mm-hmm. So it'll be neat to see how that turns out. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a cool thing. Uh, what mm. hasn't been cool of late is Gran Turismo 7. Polyphony's had some mm. trouble of late. Uh, they put out an update that uh, somehow messed up their servers. So the game was down for a day or so. Uh, and then people have been having issues with the payout stuff. So people were using the remote play uh, app on the PC as well as uh, some some neat scripting ability to have it control and run through races essentially uh, to grind out currency uh, for a fun little way that's uh, to grind out that stuff uh, for the, the people that are very much interested in just grinding out everything they can uh, and getting all the cars and all that as soon as possible. Which it seems like that game was not 
designed to uh, be done that way, which is why some of those people are having a lot of frustration for that. And so, yeah, Polyphony, uh, Kazunari Yamauchi has sort of come out and put out this blog post saying, yeah, we are uh, making some adjustments on things. Uh, apologizing for that server outage and the adjustments to the in-game economy that they made without really explaining that stuff. Uh, so yeah, if you can log in here for about the next month or so, uh, you'll get a free 1 million credits in the game. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, they're going to be making a number of changes. Here they're going to increase rewards and events in the latter half of the world circuits by approximately 100% on average. Uh, addition of high rewards for clearing the circuit experience in all gold, all bronze results. Increasing rewards in online races, increasing a total or include a total of eight new one hour endurance race events to missions. These will also have higher reward settings. That's going to increase the upper limit of non-paid credits in player wallets from 20 million credits to 100 million credits. Yeah. Uh, definitely a bit of a weird thing to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also increase the quality of used and legend cars on offer at any given time. Uh, so you have a, yep. an easier chance to get uh, used cars uh, that are a bit better uh, mm-hmm. when you get the money. Like say when they drop a million credits in your wallet. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Number of stuff. They also say the update is going to be happening here in early April. So hopefully in the next week or two. Uh, beyond this, there'll be a few additional patches deployed between now and the end of April, which add new cars and course layouts, and make some other phys- fixes. So they're they're trying to make this right, which is good to see. Hopefully they keep that going because yeah, they had some issues with the you near know, the start of like Gran Turismo Sport. Uh, the way that launched and eventually got to a point where they were adding a, a bunch of new content to that game uh, without having to you know, pay extra money for it that added a lot to that game. They seem to want to keep doing that with Gran Turismo 7 and sort of have more stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, definitely good that they're going to uh, improve in the game. Oh yeah, there's more here. They mentioned that they're going to be in some... Uh, uh, near-term updates, a little longer away. Uh, we increase the payout of limited-time events as we develop as a live service. Further World Circuit event additions. Addition of endurance races to missions, including 24-hour races. Mm. Addition of online time trials and awarding of rewards according to the player's difference with the top-ranked time. And make it so that cars can be sold. Because, yeah, you can get duplicates, uh, but you cannot sell them, which is a, a bit of a weird thing. So, yeah, because there's, you know, uh, you can win some cars and that might be part of cafe missions or whatever that you need to get those cars. But it's like, I want to do the race, too, and get the, the money out of it. And so you win a, a copy of that car that you can't sell. It's just a duplicate. I guess you could do upgrades to it that are different from the other one. That's a little bit too much, I think. Yeah, this is good to see. Only up to their mistakes and hopefully making this a better uh, game for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, the other big PlayStation news for the week is that they have announced that they have acquired Haven Studios. 
the developers uh, studio that is led by uh, Jade Raymond. Uh, they announced almost a year ago uh, to the point that they announced this acquisition that uh, they had entered into a partnership to make a new like live service game for them. Uh, so it seems like that must have been going well enough that they uh, just went and bought the studio. Yep. Just up and took it up. Snatched it up. And it gives them their first studio in uh, Canada, in Montreal specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a hotbed of talent there, uh, especially for all the the weird little tax breaks and such they get as a result, which is why every publisher out there starts a studio in Montreal. Or they're going to uh, start one in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, cool news. Looking forward to seeing more mm-hmm. of that game. No idea when that's going to be, but uh, that'll be cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see here. Next story. I just want to point out that like it's, it's it's kind of a weird acquisition just because like we've seen nothing um out of that particular studio. Yeah. But um, yeah. At the end of the day, like at the same time, um Sony needs uh like companies that understand uh you know live ops and online infrastructure just because like theirs is just not good. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see from a strategic standpoint. But as for like what game they're creating. Like, I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. yeah, but Sony has probably seen plenty of it. So they seem to like what they have seen. Uh, but yeah, and that also gives them another studio that's led by a woman. Yep. Uh, which is also good to see. I think Media Molecules run by a woman. Or the mm-hmm. director is a woman. Uh, I forget. Santa Monica might be. Or was, I think. I don't know who the current director of Santa Monica is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's always good to see. Uh, let's get to something that's not great to see. Uh, Rockstar has announced GTA Plus, mm-hmm. a subscription service for GTA Online, and especially it's exclusive to the new versions of the game on PS5 and Xbox yep. Series X and S. Mm-hmm. Uh, it launches yeah tomorrow day March twenty eighth. Uh, six bucks a month. Uh, you get a monthly deposit of GTA cash five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Which uh, let's see if you were to purchase it as a shark card, it would cost you about ten bucks. So maybe that makes up for that. Uh, but you also get. Exclusive access to new rewards, early access to that stuff, double and triple XP events, and more to that, which is, it's not often you add a subscription service to a paid game uh, Mm -hmm. nine years after it's launched, and on the third platform it's launched on, uh, third successive platform uh, that it's been launched on. Uh, But yeah, this is just a, a wild thing to add, and it seems very much like they want to get that Fortnite club or Fortnite crew money that Epic's been getting as a part of an extra subscription service for Fortnite. Though the caveat is that is a free to play game. So you don't necessarily have to pay to get access to the ability to pay more money. Whereas this, you do have to uh, purchase it uh, GTA online, uh, at least on Xbox on PlayStation. It's free here for up until June. Uh, though after that, 
this is going to be another uh, bit of money you can pay on top of that if you're playing it a bunch, I guess. Yeah, it's another battle pass announcement. Uh, not not actually geared towards people like us who like you know like to play a lot of different kinds of games. But if you're somebody who's in the um, GTA economy and when and you're you know you're buying everything possible, including the uh, next gen ones now, then yeah, I can definitely see this being a good deal. Like especially if this is the only game you play. I've never played GTA Online, so I don't know how easy or hard it is to be able to get these items already if you were paying if you were playing for free um like yeah obviously the the cash is going to be worth something but i'm not sure about these other items you know anybody who plays the game can go ahead and correct us there but <clears throat> you know six dollars a month doesn't seem all that steep but yeah if, if you're the type of person who plays other games or like doesn't even really care about Grand Theft Auto anymore then yeah this is just head scratch the bottom yeah. line is like the companies like Take Two are, you know, they're they're looking for any way to make their IP evergreen, and by that I mean, you know, con- continuously make money. And it's strange, like 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 I've said over and over again, whenever we talk about Five being in the NPD, like mm-hmm. I don't know who doesn't have the game. Like I don't understand how it keep, continues to keep selling. Um, but you know, it is what it is. People love GTA. Um, as far as like my actual opinion, like you know, I just gave it. Like if this is for you, go ahead. Um, but for me, like, it's weird that um, crossplay is sort of starting to uh, is sort of starting to become a norm, and this game doesn't have it. You know, uh, PS5 people like you know can't play with Xbox people despite the game pretty much running the same. So, um, yeah, like if if this uh, was a premium way to get into crossplay, I you know I'd, I'd say it's it's an even better value from there. But you know, for right now, like. This doesn't affect us. It affects the people that play the game, and you know, don't be surprised to continue to see this happen with other games that continually, continually be in the top twenty as far as sales go, because they're all they're, they're all going to be squeezed for the most they can get. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's it's about getting more money out of the people that play it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe those. Uh, that are just joining to play with friends, that kind of stuff. And like, oh, you can get in a little bit faster because I think this gets you access to a number of the services that are in the game that you'd have to pay with in-game money. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't know what um, Rockstar sees as far as daily active users, but you know, on Twitch, you see all these role-playing communities and like just people who are just having fun with the. Yeah, it, it's it's going to appeal to them. But uh, the the one last point I wanted to make was I was looking at the screenshot uh, talking about the battle pass, and the first thing I noticed was the the Los Santos jacket. I would wear that in real life. Like, put that out, release that. I'll, I'll I'll pay you for that. Yeah, I'm sure they might already sell that stuff as merch. I'm not sure what sort of Rockstar merch there is. Let me take a look at their store. And they do have like mugs and. All this other kind of stuff. Let's see. Gear. Yep. Shirts. Uh, yeah, there's a Los Santos. You can get a bunch of different hats, posters. Mm-hmm. Yep. All sorts of weird stuff. I don't think any like jackets or anything. I won't be surprised if they get to there. Yep. There's a lot of shirts. Mm-hmm. Okay, I reached the end. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh that's that. I'm sure they'll make plenty more money off of that game. Uh, with this, because people getting a good chunk of in-game cash, and yeah, they're going to be 
entice to spend more money. Yeah. Get more of the vehicles and buildings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, <sighs> that's that. Uh, let's get to mm-hmm. the last story here. Yeah. Uh, there is one more suit that has been filed against Activision Blizzard. It mm-hmm. is alleging uh, sexual harassment uh, at the publisher. Let's see. This time focused on leaders in Blizzard's IT department. Uh, according to the lawsuit, the current employee was repeatedly subjected to unwanted advances, touching, and inappropriate remarks. Said she was retaliated against after reporting to HR. Subsequently passed over for promotions in an attempt to force her out of the company. Uh, the new lawsuit represents a current employee who first came forward with these allegations in a press conference last December. Claims that despite public promises by Activision Blizzard to support victims, has continued to retaliate against employees in the months since she came forward. And yes, says she was passed over for promotion weeks later and given no reason why. Says in January, the company lied an email to other employees saying she had been fired. Uh, yeah, let's see. They hired two new temporary employees to perform the exact duties she had performed in February. Mm. And he had the name three employees in Blizzard's IT department. Uh, let's see. A former chief technology officer, former chief information officer, and former director of IT. The first two were former Microsoft employees prior to Blizzard. Uh, the third is currently a Microsoft employee. And... Uh, these guys, I believe, were uh, acquaintances of some sort to the current head of Blizzard, Mikey Barra, so, who was a former Xbox employee who mm-hmm. ran their, their group that managed the uh, OS updates and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So a little bit surprising to see this ties into Xbox in... Uh, sub manner. I don't think it's going to affect the merger at all, the acquisition. Mm. But yeah, more evidence of stuff not happening mm. uh, at this at this whole thing. You know, even after these allegations long had come out, that they're not mm-hmm. really seeming to improve the uh, the relationships that uh, they have with their employees. Mm. So, yeah, that's a a fun whole addition to the thing. So there's one more lawsuit to add to uh, the pile there. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, but something will happen here. Either Microsoft gets them and starts firing these people and finding ways to clean house. I don't know how much of that house they have to clean out. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a big question. Yeah, and then the main thing we have to note here as far as the Microsoft deal is that the ink hasn't dried up and the deal hasn't really closed yet. This will this will take mm-hmm. months, uh, maybe maybe in, in the middle of next year to uh, officially be a finalized thing. So um, mm-hmm. until then, like all of these announcements have to be taken, you know, uh, as as seriously as possible um a lot of the people who are in charge there know that the the, the working regime or the hierarchy is going to be changed in a big way um but that being said like if, if you're a creative there like a, a lot of changes will, will be coming as well because you know with this acquisition and i don't mean to like delve too far into that territory but with the acquisition like this can mean that games like 
Call of Duty no longer has to be annualized and things like that because Microsoft now owns a shitload of uh, FPS uh, live ops games. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see there. But yeah, I, I, going going getting back on topic, this is news that you don't want to see, um, especially since they've already been in the news, you know, far more than they have any business being, and it's still continuously a problem. So you know, I don't I don't know what the move is, but hopefully um, hopefully. Uh, uh, rules are put in place in order to just, you know, just get the bad people out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that is going to do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is going to be our last show for the month. We'll see everybody back here in April. Yeah. As we try to leave this winter behind. Still yeah. ongoing here. Uh but mm-hmm. yeah, that is uh that's gonna do it for this week. We'll be back next week with a new slate of news. Uh thank mm-hmm. you to Brandon Dan Ray for joining this week. And yeah, we'll be back here uh to talk about more stuff as April starts and we start seeing uh some more of this spring period of games happening. Mm. Uh but yeah. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if you enjoy the show, feel free to let uh, friends and family know and to check it out and uh, select mm-hmm. strangers up to the point of you getting uh, nasty names thrown at you and insults uh, mm-hmm. up to that point. Uh, but yeah, thank you, everybody. Uh, we will see you all next week. And until then, have a good one.